0: Hi, my name's Andy Cope, and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted, and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting, or insightful, or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple. Anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain, and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me enormous pleasure to introduce you today, um, Jason Todd. Now, is it an introduction or am I unleashing him on you? I'm not absolutely sure. I haven't known Jason that long, but uh, I would class him as a friend and I feel like I've known him forever and I know our friendship's only gonna get stronger because he's that kind of person. I'm lucky enough to work with him. He's delivered the art of being Brill magnificently. So that, I mean, we all know that's the same simple power of positive psychology. It's about stories and top tips and challenges that changes your thinking and it reminds you of some really obvious stuff. Uh, it makes, the idea of the art of being brilliant is it makes a huge difference in your life and it therefore it impacts on the life of the people around you superb stuff based on the PhD based on all sorts of other people's research as well and it's wowser but there's more and it's that more that I want to chat to Jason about today. Um, So long story cut short, he came to observe me a little while back while I was grappling with some new material that I was trying to feed into a course and I stumbled over it a bit and I was probably a 7 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. Fine, that's okay because I was grappling with something called the three principles about Sydney banks that if you, the loyal podcast listeners, if you link back to Debbie Dealey's podcast, I was talking about that with Debbie and she was fantastic on it. Sid Banks' three principles, mind, thought, and consciousness. um, Blows my 12 years of academic research out of the water. And now Jason has designed and is about to start delivering a sort of own brand version of the three P's that dovetails in with the art of being brilliant. So i thought what we'd do is i'm going to introduce him in a second we'll talk about who he is talk about what he used to do talk about what he does now why he does it and then if we can get to grips with some of the 3p
1: principles i think it could be a game changer jace how are you mate absolutely fantastic there's no doubt at all i am possibly according to a lot of my friends in my hippie trippy stage but just the best version of me <laughs> i've ever been it is unbelievable it really is the and it, it's it, it's quite mad if i met me in the street i'd have me committed it is
0: <laughs> well, can unbelievable. I, in fact, I was going to start with the history but let's start with bang up today about three weeks ago i phoned you i can't remember what you phoned you about now and um, we had this phone call where I didn't have to say anything, mate. You were just gushing at me. You'd had a realisation or an epiphany or a, a shift of mind or I'm not sure what it was. But if I recall that conversation, you were just saying, oh my gosh, I am the happiest I've ever been. I love my wife more now than even uh, I could imagine. It was astounding fella. So, and so, but that's the new you. Alright, we'll come back yep. to that. Let's just park that for a second. Let's go back to the old toddy because you've got a really interesting backstory as well. So tell me what you did five, ten years ago.
1: Okay, well, I've five or ten years ago, I owned my own recruitment and manpower solutions business. Um, we had at our peak a 15 million a year turnover. The business still exists. I sold out to, to my business partner, but it always you know i was destination addicted like you would not believe i'm the guy that when was on when i was on holiday sitting down with friends planning the next one if we went out for a meal i'd be talking about another restaurant that i'd heard was fantastic i had went through the flash cars, flash watches and in fact the, the the last car, big car I bought, I was in the showroom and they pulled the cover off and I was discussing the next model and what they, I'd not driven this thing. I'd not got in it, but it was like, that one's more expensive. It's got to be better. It's going to make me feel happier. I need to have that in my life. How wow. do I get to that point? How does how's, how am I going to feel? How am I going to look? Well, you know, the sound of that car, what, how brilliant will it be? How much better will my life be? and i'll be brutally honest and, and i know i'm sort of playing to where i am now i'm a lot better now than i ever was then i drive a dodgy <laughs> old pickup truck and <laughs> e- everything is, is brilliant. Now, don't get me wrong those those things are great and they're a lot of fun but they're not really they're not anything more than that it's just a toy you know my, my my comments used to be, you know, the, the things, the silly things like lunches for wimps, he who dies with the most toys wins. And this is how I was going through life with achieving this and getting that. And from a lot of friends' point of view, it's like, wow, it's fantastic and it's great. And, and we did some amazing stuff. Uh, an example of how crazy it got in, in Russia, we bribed an Air Force base to fly me into the stratosphere in a MiG-25 fighter jet for a considerable <laughs> sum of money in cash. Don't get me wrong, brilliant. But you know, it's just mad. It's just it, it, it was a little bit like a drug. It was you spent your life seeing who could we highest up the wall about how much money you could spend on food and wine and watches. So, mate, if and, I was,
0: if I, so if at that time, if I was looking outside, looking back at you, then I would think you had everything.
1: I mean, you did have everything. Yeah, we had an awful lot of it. There's no doubt, but. It was all just filling a gap, because what I didn't have was this kind of inner peace, this nowness. I could never be happy now, because I'm going to be happy then, and when, and because. And that because was never me, and it's, it's unbelievable looking back on it. And I've I've still got friends now. You know, we all experience these things of, you know, social media, the TV, the newspapers, fantastically rich people having issues with their kids and, and all this sort of thing, drug addiction and spending money and alcohol and all this. Essentially, I just don't think these people really are now and they really are that happy. But it's easy to look at where they are and go, wow, that's great. And if I get there, I'm going to be... But you're not, you know, we've, we've done, as I said, done some great things, but there's always someone that's got a bigger one than you or a more expensive one than you. And you, you kind of keep chasing that. And, and it's a system we're all involved in, you know. I remember hearing you talk and marketing and advertising tell you how much better your life will be when you get this thing. The reality is it, it isn't. Whoa! And talking it it to a man who's been in the stratosphere here, and um, so
0: I mean that that is really quite profound because you've got this ability to you've lived through that and you have had all the toys and you've had that lifestyle that w- that most people would would salivate to have that lifestyle, and yet you're saying ultimately it wasn't making you any happier. So at what point did you know you weren't happy? I'm not saying you weren't happy, but you there was an un- is it unfulfilled? I'm not quite sure what you're getting at here. Is there was some
1: what was missing? you i think yeah i think it genuinely the, the, the bit out of the happiness was me because no matter what you achieved you, you know you hear the expression and i think they even term it now buyer's remorse you buy something you don't think oh, did i buy the right one it's a bit of a waste of money let's buy a bigger one let's buy a flasher one yeah uh, let's let, let's get the next one because when i get the next one that's when i'm going to be really really happy Oh, I tell a story, in the and the
0: art of being real sometimes, mate. About every and well, it's not a story; it's a true thing. Every you know these big self-storage warehouses. We keep they're springing up everywhere now. There are about three or four in my hometown of Derby. And every time I drive past these one of these self-storage places, I sort of do a second look, and I think a second look, and I think, do you know what? I think what that means is that we've accumulated so much stuff that's failed to make us happy that we're now renting a warehouse to store it, so we can create some space at home so we can go to buy more stuff that's ultimately going to make us that's going to fail to make us happy and i think i think i'm aligned with you entirely in terms of i'm not saying stuff won't make you happy and money if you plot income and happiness on a graph at no point does having more money make you less happy however i think in terms of the positive psychology is is the relentless pursuit of more that does make you unhappy. This inability to know when you've got enough, If <laughs> you know what I mean. But well, I want to go deeper than that, I want to go even deeper than that, I think that's quite a big thought. So um, there's a Swedish word, L-A-G-O-M, which essentially means uh, sufficiency or enoughness. So your pickup truck or your Ferrari will both get you from A to B. Um, and it's knowing, you know, anyway, I don't want to get hung up on that. I want to, I want to go with, and by the way, there's a quote that I came across, I know I shared it with you yesterday, but I think it's a really cool quote, and in the tone of your voice, and in, and, and knowing you how I know, is that people don't care what you know, until they know that you care, and mate, I think that what comes across through every pore of your body right now, is that you really care about this, you really have kind of got this new level of thinking, so tell me it, what it is about what you've because you've done a lot of development, so tell me tell me what you've been through and what you've learned.
1: okay well what I know and what I've learned is that there's too much within the three principles that people try really hard to explain the mechanics of mind, thought, and consciousness, which you can do, but Sid banks, the the guy that sort of had the epiphany that that made all this conscious for a lot of people, said, if you look too deeply, you'll only get lost. If you try and intellectualize it, it's going to go away. And kind of wheres where it is. It's a little bit like, and I know I've used this analogy with you, teaching your kid to ride a bike, you know, this is a bicycle, there's the brakes, there's the pedals, this is the gears, this is how it works. You can even demonstrate to them how to balance an object so that they can kind of help them get it. But the reality is, until they ride that bike and they have that switch from not being able to, to to being able to ride a bike, then that's when it is. And if you ask somebody who's just learned to ride a bike, how did you do that? they couldn't tell you
0: yes yes does that make sense that kind of does make sense but so how come how come then I can book myself onto a really expensive five-day retreat to learn the principles you're basically saying it's it's you are it's more of a
1: I think it'll it'll steer you in the right direction It'll, it'll point you to some things, and it'll give you those epiphany moments. And there are some explanations out there that, that, that kind of work. Because if you want to know how powerful your mind is, just look at placebo. You know, they, they do trials of drugs where X percent of the people are actually getting better but not getting the drug because they think they're getting better. And in fact, when they're taken off the drug and told that it was only placebo, they get unwell again. So, you know, that's a prime example of how powerful our mind is in what we create what we make conscious along the way and 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 these retreats i don't know you know again going back to the founder sid banks or the guy that had the the big insight it's not something that can be taught but there's a lot of people out there if you want to give them five grand and and a week of your time they can make you a practitioner or an expert and this kind of thing i don't think you're ever an expert it's a day-to-day thing it's it's insight-based learning over information-based learning. It's not a course that you can go on and right, come so, away with. So, so, so,
0: stop, stop. An insight, what do you mean by that? That's a really powerful sentence, I think. An insight thing rather than a, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, it's a bit like going back to the bicycle analogy, you get that flip, you get that, hey, I, I kind of get this now, I can I can do this. Once you start to realize that it's not the things, it's not what's happening outside that makes you happy, it's essentially what's happening inside that makes you happy. And you can choose, you can have an influence on what you make conscious. These thoughts exist, You know, they claim between 60 and 100,000 thoughts a day, which is a mind blowing number, you're not making all of those conscious. And then you get into the, as, as you know, we've discussed, if you hang on to some of those thoughts, they're just going to weigh you down. Just let them go. It's like picking up a heavy object. You can only hold it for so long before it really does weigh you down. Or even a lot of small objects. Just let these things go. So, so chains- basically
0: we're accumulating lots of negative thoughts and we, we're ruminating on the negative stuff and therefore that is weighing
1: us down. That is... It is, and uh, and also we're all spinning round. You know, if you look at the lives that we lead, the pressures that are put upon us uh, to perform, to do more with less, to achieve more, to have more, that our our kids aren't really great kids unless they've got the latest phone and and expensive trainers and and all these various courses and, and, you know, wonderful things, after-school activities. That's not what it's all about, surely. If we can slow down our thinking... And allow the opportunity for insight and inspiration to come in. It'll happen, and all of a sudden, you're—it's it, it, a feeling. It really is. It's—it's and everything that we do, everything that we buy, is to create feelings. You go and buy a car; it's how it makes you feel. You go for a meal; it's how it makes you. feel. When's the last time you ate a meal because you were hungry?
0: Uh, well, yes, yeah, probably. I mean, I, you, you're right. You do it. You eat because you've. Well, we do everything for feelings. I agree with that. But if we trace that back to Sid's stuff, then where do your feelings come from?
1: Well, you create them yourself. Yeah. You make them conscious. You, you can watch, you and I could watch a film and, and, and see you know, the same screen, but come out with a different answer as to what it was about. You, we can walk into galleries and look at art and go, that's fantastic. And someone else go, that's squiggles. Or so I can go, that's a great representation of the countryside. And someone else go, but I prefer an impressionist. It's what we create. We live in our own thought-created reality.
0: Yes. No. I well, I get that. I mean, I I start my. Um, I've, in fact, I've been starting the Art of Being Brill for a long time with a with a kind of. I always say to audiences that every single course you've ever been on, ever in your life, has started from the wrong place. And I think that the the starting point with happiness, uh, specifically, is that happiness isn't real, as in it's not a thing so happiness hasn't got a shape and a mass and a form and you don't buy it from the supermarket it's a, it's a mental construct so it's an emotion so it's a, feel, it's a feeling and that feeling can only ever come from one place and that is your thinking now I was kind of saying that before I sort of really understood what, what, what Sid was talking about and I'm still trying to over-analyze and over-intellectualize over-inte- because of my training of 12 years trying to get a PhD is, is that I'm taught to pick holes in things Right, and I'm struggling to pick holes in SID stuff but I'm also struggling because it isn't proven it's not, there's not I can't read 500 academic papers on it it's an insight, not a theory and therefore I can't prove it
1: but surely is isn't coming back to that doesn't something like a placebo go some way to proving it? Uh, that you can cure yourself through thought?
0: yeah, yeah I mean I, I get the point that I don't even me wanting to prove it means I don't understand it. I I understand my level of ignorance here. In terms of you shouldn't, if you're trying to prove it, you don't get it. Yeah. And and the more I don't want to prove it. I'm talking about the academic community who I, I sometimes rub shoulders with, and they, they don't really do this. So this isn't taught. For example, three P's. I don't think is taught to psychiatrists and psychologists. Don't they don't know this.
1: But a lot of the people that are changing over into sort of principles-based teaching or guidance, because it's an exploration. You point someone in the direction. You don't give them a destination. It's not Uber. You don't get in here and get out there, and, you know, that's the result. It's more a case of if you go down this route, this is probably what's going to happen for you, and this is how you're going to feel. And you're going to keep learning, and you're going to keep learning, because it's a a life change rather than a point that you get to to make you happy. You know, we were talking yesterday, and... Excuse me. We we um, mentioned mood hoovers. and like, so, Well, do they really exist, or do we just create them ourselves?
0: Yeah, and of course. At, at it's pure. Which its is level a massive thought, Yes, but it is pure. It's level of thought. Well, is it, of course, we're creating the fact. If we're if we being irritated by somebody else, then that is our f- we're feeling Thank irritated. You. And that's our thinking about that other person
1: that we're making conscious. It's and a that, thought that comes in that we make conscious that we associate to a feeling. We project that image, and in fact, we can do it when the people aren't even there.
0: The, the thing is, mate. The thing, and this is the bit that that is beyond what I would normally go. I would normally have grappled with changing my thinking about that person. All right. So I would therefore have tried to have a more positive thought, also, or try to be. Now, now, now sid's thing at its essence and at its core Sid says you don't have to try to change your thinking you just have to understand that it's thinking
1: yeah exactly that's all it is it is just thinking it's nothing more than that so it's, it's just you acknowledging, you conscious.
0: so just my so just to get this clear just my literal understanding of it's just thinking that thought alone or that realization that insight that it's just me thinking about that person that's causing my irritation that's it that as soon as i realize it's just me thinking that should make me feel flip.
1: better flip yeah get the the, the insight whatever well the, the other way of doing that and, and it, it all started for me i suppose winding this back a little bit i sold out of the business things were going uh, going okay but i wasn't really happy there, to be fair, there had been a downturn in the oil price, which affected recruitment on that side, but our, the airport business we had was absolutely flying and, and on the way up. So life, life was still good, money was still there, everything was fine in that respect. But I wasn't being happy, realized I wasn't so sold out, booked on some courses. So I booked on to NLP practitioner, master practitioner, hypnosis and hypnosis trainer. And they were good, but I was lucky in the respect that the guy that I went to see said, look, I can sit down and teach you all of these things and I will. But I've now discovered the principles and there's a lot of people moving down this principles-based route and away from traditional fictives that that will treat the the, the the symptom or not won't treat the symptom, they'll, they'll treat the, the, the outcome, whereas principles-based way of looking at things will actually treat thought and everything comes from thought as, as we've established. So yeah, it's, it, it's a game changer. But on the way up to this course, what I was, I was getting at is, I thought, well, I bet when I get there, there's going to be you know, a couple of lads I get on with. There's bound to be this sort of person. There's bound to be that. And I was judging all these people. I was projecting forwards. I had these mental images of, of who was going to be on the course. And I kind of drove me up. Went, I'll tell you, forget about it. Let's just go with a blank sheet and see what everybody's like. And that's also something that I've carried through, that I no longer judge people at all. I don't feel judged anymore so I don't feel the need and I think it goes hand in glove with I don't feel the need that if I'm going out with certain friends to wear a certain watch or to dress with clothes from a certain or drink in a, a certain bar and all these kinds of, it's just not important anymore wow. it really doesn't have any impact on what's going on in my life
0: wow. I'll do it
1: and maybe I'm lucky enough that I still can but it just really doesn't matter it really is unimportant in the whole scheme of things
0: that's amazing transformation if you what we started this podcast with you know a few years ago you were the one who was chasing all that stuff and you thought it did matter you thought that I'm that those me. trinkets and that watch and that car did matter and of course ultimately ultimately they're nice to have but but if you're if your happiness is coming from what from yourself from internally then these external things these trinkets as you call them they're just trinkets, aren't they? And it's it's how we're thinking about them. It, t- tell me, right? I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you, and I love it. And I'm on the verge of, of getting it. I think I think it's simple, but not easy, by the way. And I also think it's a slow burner. The more I've I've been immersing myself in this for about twelve months, uh, and the, I want I'm interested in, and and I'm learning more and more. And as I, as I get more insights into it, my life is calmer, and I deal with situations better, and my relationships are stronger with the people around me. So the the benefits have been imme- immense, actually. How does it tie in with The Art of Being Brill?
1: I think The Art of Being Brill is fantastic at getting people in a state and a, a realizing that actually life is pretty good and, and that they can impact how good their life is. And you get a group of like-minded people together all being incredibly positive. And, and, you know, what a fantastic room, what a fantastic environment you've got. I think that maybe the downside of that is when you go away from that environment, life comes back in and reports need to be done and the kids are giving you a hard time and the journey into work's getting worse and your season ticket's just gone up and Brexit's a real pain and it's causing all the problems that it is and your company might be looking to read and all this kind of stuff just life gets back on top of you and you start spinning all these things around and you operate at a million miles an hour so your quick fix is I'll tell you what make myself feel good I'll buy something or I'll go out for a meal
0: so we slip back into bad basically slipping back into the bad habits it's yeah. just
1: addictive the, the need the desire to have more to have the latest as we were saying you know kids nowadays that have access to things it used to be the fashion rippled up the country when i was a kid but now it's instant someone's see wearing something everyone must have it everyone's got to have it and their life's bad if they haven't their life's not complete so people are going out and financing things you know dfs or whoever are doing all these fantastic deals have it now pay for it later because by having it now you're going to be happy now by owning this thing but the reality is You've got the pain of paying for it for such a long time. People are chasing this end-of-the-rainbow experience that they can have by the more they spend or the more they get to the extent that they'll do crazy things and go and get themselves in debt, borrow money from payday loan companies and all this just to do it. Whereas if you stop and think, you can kind of be happy now. It's not about the things. It's about you. It's about how you feel. These things are just outside influences. They're not... What's inside?
0: Yeah, I, no, I agree. Now, I well, absolutely. And it's, you make it sound so simple, mate. But So how have we become fooled into this outside in? Because what you're talking about there is outside in versus inside out. So the outside in thinking is how we seem to be built is to, is human beings seem to think or we've been designed to think that the external world will make us feel in a certain way. And of course, what inside out thinking is, which is a three piece thinking is about the external world is neutral. It doesn't, it's only until you apply some thinking to the external world
1: that, that creates the feelings. So how... You, you, you it, make it conscious. Well, I think, I don't know, I saw a great explanation that resonated with me. You know, we're born perfect. We're born ready to go and we're born inside. And then you take young kids, they cry. Then someone will turn up and they'll, they'll give them food. They'll give them affection. They'll give them a drink. So we're stimulated from the outside from a very early age. And then we just take that through. And this is you saying, how does it time with the art of brilliant being brilliant? Destination addiction. When I get there, I'll be happy. When I have this, I'll be happy. At the weekend, I'll be happy. And then you get to the weekend and they go, I wish weekends were longer. <laughs> I wish my holiday was longer. I wish I'd gone somewhere hotter. I wish I could have brought a bigger one. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, a, lot of, a lot of the things that are out there to me are a little bit like, you know, I'm overweight, but it's a little bit like these fatty diets. You know, do the five and two, do Atkins. You know, let's be fair. We all know what sort of idiot cannot work out that if you burn more calories than you take in, the majority of us are going to lose weight. It's as simple as that. But we want the now fix. We want that. I'll buy it. I'll feel happy. I'll feel wonderful until they bring another one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so Sid, well. Since books talk about gravity, don't they? Talk about you know whether whether you believe in gravity or not is irrelevant. Gravity is just going to exist. If I if I kick a football in the air, it's going to come down again. That it's just a principle. That's just how it works. And and the mind thought and consciousness. They're, this is just how it works, and and therefore whether we believe it in in Sid's work and the three principles or not is irrelevant. They, they, it's just how we are. It's how it works, and it's, it gives you massive insight into psychology. And like I say, I think it's blown my twelve years out of the water. Can we can we have a go at unpicking mind, thought, and consciousness, or is that is that not the point?
1: I, no, I I think we can. Um, you know, there's various explanations, and you know, I remember when I first saw you talking about it it was a case of mind is if everything's made of molecules held together by energy that's it but mind is also the thing that bonds us to everything around us and everything that's out there you've got to be a pretty cold person to to not be amazed by flowers coming up in the spring by the leaves falling off the tree in autumn how there is this connection how you can walk into a, a pub and think don't like it here it's not it doesn't feel comfortable where does that come from it doesn't feel right you know you in an environment or a situation so there's mind so mind bonds everything together it's the thing that's out there it's the oneness it's it's difficult to explain so gravity is a good example on it thought well thoughts kind of come and go that they're, they're around us all the time you know if we break it down and call it just sixty thousand thoughts a day we can't deal with all those that come through so we through consciousness, we create those thoughts. We make them real. We turn them into feelings. But it's through so consciousness. Conscious,
0: consciousness then seems to be the thoughts you choose to to focus on, which will create your reality. So consciousness is to do with which ones you've... So at least 60,000, you can't focus on them all. You're going to be consciously aware of just a few of them.
1: Exactly. and And you can influence and you can choose where you go. That's why with The Art of Being Brilliant... We push people down the route or direct people down the route of having good thoughts and positive thoughts. And they do. And, and life's great and life's fantastic for a period of time. Yeah. But then after that, lots of other thoughts come in and impact those. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when your kids aren't getting up to go to school or your deadline at work or the sales aren't coming in or you've spent more at Christmas than you should have done the other stuff doesn't seem as important anymore, they become the overriding. And then we go back to the thoughts that we hold on to that start weighing us down, that really pull us back and stop yeah. us being the best possible version of ourselves.
0: So so, we so, were- so, so, taking it to the next level then, it is just the fact that we've got to be aware that it's just thought. So, so, if you, if you did the art of being brilliant, you'd have a good time and you leave with a spring in your step, but you might gravitate back to your normal default setting, which seems to be as an adult, we've learned, we've got layers and layers of thinking that we've learned to think of heavy thoughts that weigh us down. So 3P seems to be the next thing. When you've done the art of being brilliant, you've learned to be a better version of you. 3P seems to be about sustaining that, doesn't it? It seems to be about simple principles of of understanding how the world really works will enable you to be a 2% or a really positive person forevermore. <laughs> will it? Um, I don't know.
1: Uh- Yeah, no, I agree. Unquestionably, it's about what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. It's not about these outside influences. Yes, they'll affect us, and we'll go in and out of... this this state of being in the now things will happen you know it's i was talking to someone the other day and said well you know you get out of bed and you walk stub your foot on the door frame and it hurts like hell you know it's going to get better you know that you know it, it'll improve you have even broken your toe it'll just take a bit longer but people that are out there that with stress and anxiety and depression and all these awful things going on in their life they don't ever see an end to that they don't think it'll ever get better and it's all about thinking We can think ourselves into a situation. We can let the thought go and get out of the situation if we don't hold on to all of those bad thoughts and we can find a way to let them go. And someone described it to me as, you know, people go into meditation to calm down, to slow down, to get into this perfect euphoric state. As you get closer to the the three Ps and your grounding and your experiences grow, it's kind of like conscious meditation. You're in that state most of the time. Wow. You don't have, you know, you just slow down that much.
0: So, so, let's, I, let's, bring, so let's bring it back, bring it back, mate, because I, I love it. I absolutely, well, you know I love it. And every time I talk to you, this is all we talk about, you know, grappling with it, chucking scenarios at each other, questioning, challenging each other, which is fabulous. Um, so why aren't we doing, a, why aren't you doing a five-day retreat then? Why, because what are you doing? What are you doing with it? Because
1: I think we, I think we can point people in the direction of it. and and get people thinking if the least that we're going to do if the the very minimal that comes out of it is people do accept that placebo's do work because we know they do they are facts and that's all based on thinking how much else is based on thinking along the way and if we can kind of a little bit like the arboreal just think about the good things and when the bad things come along, accept that they've happened yeah but just move on from them just kind of let them go and then okay and let's just you know and it's not go out and look for the beauty it's, it's a little bit you know if the hot coal falls out of the fire you pick it up with your hands you're going to burn them well that's wisdom you know you you do need you learn certain things along the way and and you retain it's that whole being in the now process that is is so fantastic but isn't it's being so in amazing.
0: the now isn't this just mindfulness right let's let's get a little bit kind of you know are we just because being in the now but living in the moment this, are we not just talking about mindfulness, or in fact, are we talking about God? I mean, I, I've read some of the Sin stuff was about not just spirituality, but he thinks the mind, this divine power, is is in fact God. Are, are we coming out? Are we just gone religious?
1: I, I don't think so, because if you go down the religious route, you know, I live in a road that's got a church at the end of it, and there are people that are that keen on a Sunday that that need to get to their God that they quite happily knock you and your dog over along the road. So it, it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> th- th- this experience there yeah i think i would i'm not a religious person but i'm a very spiritual person i think it's amazing the stuff that goes on around us that we can't explain you only know, have to watch that mm-hmm. recent uh, was it was the blue planet there's so much stuff we don't know but we just accept that it's there um no, I don't think it is God because I don't think by... And it's creeping down the route that there are the people that can trace themselves back to having been taught by Sid or one of Sid's direct disciples. And, and yeah, that's coming in. And there's more religious, there's more principles-based people. There's people that are closer to the source and have met Sid and spent time with Sid. And For me, that's not what it's about. For me. It's about how you feel, where you are, what's going on in your life and this just euphoric feeling that you still operate in life, day-to-day still goes on, you still go to work, you still do everything that you would normally do, but you do it from a more resilient, more brilliant pers- perspective. Wow,
0: love that, mate, I love that. So so if we're not doing a five-day
1: retreat and charging people 10 grand, what? how I don't long... Don't get is- me wrong, if they want to pay it, I'm not <laughs> going to say no. no that's genuinely, I've said this to you before, and I would say it again, and if someone wants to give me a million pounds, I'll prove it to them, give me the money, I'll still do this. It's not about that. Genuinely, the feeling you get of making a difference, probably the reason that I I assume people become teachers, people become nurses, they know they're not going to earn a fortune, but they know they're going to make a difference. If you can make that difference in just a small scale, if you can open someone's eyes just a little bit, you can improve their life just slightly by giving them an insight to this. It is fantastic
0: fabulous mate and I know that you're planning doing things in schools and you're doing for teachers you're doing for businesses for anybody who will will listen actually but I think that this is going to in the next 10 years this is going to be I think we're on the cusp of something and the whole three Ps movement and there's lots of stuff you can Google out there lots of good stuff Uh, I do think we're on the cusp of a kind of revolution in psychology actually I'm very very excited by it mate very very excited so I'm going to finish it there can I just ask you one more question mate one more last question of course before I let you crack on with your day Uh, what makes you happy?
1: making other people happy going out <laughs> being indifferent seriously and seeing just the amazing stuff going on around seeing do you know one of the things i'm looking forward to more than anything else is you picking up the phone destination addiction because i'm looking forward to it but genuinely, when you pick up the phone and go this has happened for me we went through this conversation that we had some time ago it was you know i was trying you always try, try and rationalize it but it's the, the being in the nest, It's just a little bit like just being conscious of the step you're taking at the time, not worrying about the one further down the road. It's just you feel feeling that step. You're just so alive to everything that's going on around you. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: All right, Phil. I started chuckling uh, right at the start uh-huh. of this, and I'm still chuckling about half an hour later. May you've made my day. You, it's always enlightening talking to you and insp- inspiring, actually. And I love the fact that you've... You've had you've had it all. You've you've had the trinkets, and that you are now happier um, without them. That is very powerful. That's a very powerful message for young people, actually, as well. So, thanks for having thanks for being on the on, on the podcast, Toddie. And I, lo- I know twenty eighteen is going to be mega for you. And I hope that everybody will look you up on our website. Thanks, fella.
1: Fantastic, Andy. Thanks for your time. Take care. Good luck. Cheers, mate.
0: And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.